0: You are listening to a podcast from Vineyard Church of Augusta. For more information, visit vineyardaugusta.org. Another crowd participation survey. Would you please raise your hand if you are a mother in this room? Okay. Raise your hand if you're a father in this room. Keep it lifted. Everybody, mothers, fathers, keep it lifted. Raise your hand if you're a brother. Okay, more hands go up. If you're a sister, more hands went up. If you are a son, or if you're a daughter, okay. So basically, if you are breathing, you're at least one of those, probably more than one, and maybe as many as three, right? Yeah. So that means everyone on some level or another can connect with the word that we're talking about today. The word we're talking about today is storge, storge. It's Greek for the description word for familial love, the kind of love that happens in a family. And from the moment we are born, we need love more than anything. In our human families, they teach us love, but it's a broken love but God wants to redeem our broken versions of love and heal us with the purest of all loves. Will you pray with me? Come Holy Spirit. We invite more of your power, more of your presence, more of your conviction, more of your comfort as we talk about love today. May the words of from my mouth be your words and yours alone. For your people listening right now, come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit and we will be created and you shall renew the face of the earth. Amen. Amen. So in the month of February, we've been talking about love and in our culture, it is an overused and undervalued word. As Pastor Reese pointed out the first week in February, it's really interesting that I can stand up to you, before you today and say, I love burgers and fries. I love my robot vacuum. I love listening to the birds chirp when I'm in my garden. I love my polka dot rain boots. And I love my husband, I love my children, and I love my God. We use the same exact English word each time, although the form and the intensity of that love varies in each instance. And the Greeks recognized that. So they didn't give love one single word in their language. They used four words to express love. They used agape, philios or philia, storge, and eros. Thank God I don't have to preach on eros. So authentic love is what we've been focusing on this month in the month of February. And we've been using these four Greek words to describe kinds of love. And scripture tells us that God is the creator and the source of all the loves. And he wants us to experience his amazing gift in all its wonderful expressions. So we began the first week with agape, love that is unconditional, self-giving, doesn't ask for anything in return, and doesn't consider the worth of its object before offering the love. Agape seeks the highest good of the other person, no matter what she or he hasn't or has done. It's the highest, it's the purest love, and it's the love that God gives us. Then last week, Patrick spoke about phileos or philia, um, and that's what we generally have come to call brotherly love, but he described it, um, he unpacked it um, with this idea that it's a kind of love that attaches to another, like super glue. And that there's a level of commitment and permanence, not neediness, like attach. When you think attach, you might think needy, but it's not needy. It's like a a, um, significant commitment level, something that is deep and something that is lasting. So if you missed those, let me just say they are really worth listening to. They're really relevant in our um, culture today. um, And I would encourage you to go back and listen to those on the podcast um, because they are, wor- they are absolutely worth your time and encouragement. So, Storge is what I get to speak on today, and the Enhanced Strong's lexicon defines Storge as cherishing one's kindred, the mutual love of parents and children, wives and husbands, loving affection, reciprocal tenderness of parents and children, So it's a natural love, it's an instinctual love, it's a familial kind of love. So I'm going to be really vulnerable today and tell you a little bit about my life story, at least the very beginning of it. Um, So there's two ways that I look at the first week of my life. I was born in Augusta, Georgia, actually, at St. Joseph's Hospital. And on one hand, I was abandoned three times before I was one day old. My biological mother wanted to have an abortion. Um, So there's abandonment number one. Um, But the doctor talked her out of it, and he encouraged her to pursue adoption. So the moment I was born, she abandoned me again. Never saw me, never touched me, never held me. And according to the story that I was told, um, I came out an unexpected, I was not the color and the race that she said that I was. And so, that did two things. One, proved she is a liar of some sort. <laughs> Um, But it also caused my prospective adoptive parents not to take me. They didn't take me home, and that was my abandonment number three. So there I lay in the hospital nursery with no mother to hold me, loveless and parentless, for four days. And that kind of beginning sinks into one's soul. And whether I was conscious of it or not, I spent the next 40 years of my life expecting anyone I loved to eventually leave me high and dry. Um, my therapist told me 80% of adopted people suffer with mental illness. Not getting love breaks us. It breaks us. Mind, body, soul. And the Bible has always said this. And science is finally able to prove it's true. I wish I had time to quote you all of the statistics and research um, of the effects of not receiving love in infancy or not receiving love um, in elderly years or not receiving love in all the time in between. Um, There's so much to say there. So as I was preparing this, course, the first thing that a good pastor does is she tries to find the thing that she's about to preach on in the Bible. Um, Did you know storge is not found in the Bible? Not not once. So I was really stumped, honestly. But I did find that the opposite form of storge, the antonym, is used twice in the New Testament. It's astorgos, astorgos. And it means without love devoid of affection, without the affection of one's kindred. Astorgos is found in Romans, and it's also found in 2 Timothy. So let me invite you now to open your Bibles to 2 Timothy, chapter 3, verse 1. And this is where Paul is speaking to Timothy, and he says this, There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love. There it is, astorgos, without love, unforgiving, slanderous. Without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash. Are you stressed yet? Conceited. (laughs) Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. Have nothing to do with such people. I didn't add that part. He he, Paul wrote that part. Have nothing to do with such people. Don't like their posts on Facebook. Don't watch the movies or the music they produce. Don't marry them. Don't make excuses for them. Don't whitewash their hate. Don't chase after them for love. Don't be like them. Don't be a store ghost. Paul's teaching Timothy watch out for this. It will be the cultural norm, but don't let it take you in. This is not the way of Christ. As followers of Jesus, part of allowing him to redeem and to renovate our lives is acknowledging how the sins of your family, how the sins of my family, sometimes it's their astorgos, their inability to love, profoundly impacts the way we love today because they're human and imperfect and our parents passed down a broken kind of love the way my mother did or didn't love me comes from the way her mother and father did or didn't love her which comes from the way that their parents did or didn't love them and now I have a daughter and a son. How am I loving them? With that same broken pattern? So I told you there were two ways that I look at my first week of life. Here's the second one. I was loved. Storgate and longed for before I was even conceived. Yes, my birth mother was 16 when she had me. She endured nine months of being a pariah in her social circle for me. Imagine how it was in 1979. (laughs) Um, (laughs) How it was for a 16 year old girl in Augusta to be pregnant and the stretch marks, and the changes in her body that never went away to bring me to full term. She gave her body for me, and she kept me safe at great personal expense. And then she loved me enough to realize that she couldn't care for me. She wasn't equipped yet to be a good mother, and the ultimate sacrifice was to give me to someone who... Could. She made the courageous, some would say loving, decision to give me up. Now, at the very same time, across town was a healthy, mature, Christian, married couple who couldn't conceive children at all. And with empty arms, longing to have and hold a child, they longed for a baby they could store gay. So imagine the joy when one moment you are childless with absolutely no prospects, and the next moment a lawyer calls and says, there's a baby girl in the hospital right now, unclaimed. And without hesitation, they fell in Storgos with me. That too is my story. But I share it because it can also be yours. Because you have a loving, heavenly Father who's waiting with arms wide open. Jesus said, and I quote, How often I have wanted to gather your people together just as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. Those arms of love, this loving, instinctual, maternal, protective, gather-you-up-in-my-arms kind of love, God has it for you and for me and for every single person Ever conceived. So, what do we do with that? We have an opportunity. We have an opportunity to recognize that when you accept Jesus' offer of love and adoption, you have been birthed into a new family, the family of God, through Jesus Christ. And this is a family that knows perfect. Love, a family that knows how to give it, a family that knows how to receive it, this is the agape love, the love that is unconditional, that is benevolent and self-giving, that doesn't ask for anything in return, doesn't consider the worth of its object before offering the love, seeks the highest good for the other person, no matter what he or she has done or not done. In Ephesians 5, Paul urges the believers be imitators of God as beloved children. Walk in love as Christ loved us. As beloved children of God, we receive his love, and this remakes us into better lovers and we're able to break a broken cycle of love. So if you have not ever accepted this love, this offer of love and adoption, don't wait another day. The invitation is yours, it's available right here and now, and all you have to say is, yes please, I want that love and I want that adoption. Boom, you've got it. And if you have already been adopted into the family of God, are you living like a beloved child? Are you loving others out of the riches of the love that is constantly being offered to you? One more point. I'm on the home stretch. Then we're going to have some prayer time. I thought for a really long time that I had to choose which of those stories was true. Which identity of those was me. On one hand, I was unloved and abandoned with an orphan complex forever. Or... I was chosen, I was loved, I was adopted. Twice. I always say adopted kids are special because we got adopted twice. Once by our parents and then the other time by God. If we'll let him. But both stories are true. Both stories are true for me. And perhaps there are ways in your life where both of those stories are true for you. In Ephesians 4, verse 2, and then I'm going to jump to 22, it says, Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. There's that love again. Put off your old self, which is being corrupted by deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitudes of your minds. And to put on the new self. Created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. For us to live our best lives, that's a new phrase, It's a new catchphrase in culture right now, but hey, they stole it from the Bible. Um, because Jesus said, I have come to give you abundant life. I have come to give life to the fullest. That's the best life. But we must, like we're encouraged in Ephesians, put off the sinful patterns. And that includes the poor love patterns, the poor broken patterns that we inherited from our families of origin and learn how to love in the new family of Jesus. We are now able to love better than they loved us. And we love our own children better than we were loved. And we love others in the family of faith. Look around you. These are your brothers and sisters in the family of faith because we're all adopted into God's family. And this is a love that enables us to love each other. I'm seeing fist bumps and I'm loving it. And we're able to love our enemies and we're able to pray for those who persecute us. Why? Because we have so much love available to us. Don't go another year not loving your kids as well as you can, or your brothers and your sisters, or even your parents. Some of you have amazing parents. Some of you have parents that broke you. But there's enough love in God for that. And don't settle for less. And here's the thing that I really, really want to leave you with. It's not about trying harder. I don't think that God is asking a single one of us in this room today, I, I really don't, to try harder, to love better. Try harder, love better, try harder, love better. That's not, that's not the God that I know and the God that I've experienced. I grew up in an amazing home with an amazing family. And they're here today, and I asked them to sit in the back row so I wouldn't cry the whole time. <laughs> so if you're wondering where they are, they're hiding in the back, trying not to make me cry. Um, But they, they've they been Jesus followers as long as I have been with them. And so they've been receiving that kind of love from God the Father, that agape, for as long as I've known them. And they've allowed God to heal a lot of their broken love patterns. So when it came time for me, they knew how to give it. And I want to say that my childhood was all blissful in roses, it actually was. <laughs> and now I'm the oldest of five adopted kids. They never had biological children, but they adopted five of us. And when we all line up, we look adopted. Well, will just put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> My younger sister calls me her little big sister. <laughs> but that is the kind of love, this... I want to adopt you, I sight unseen, you're mine, I want you kind of love that God is offering to all of us. And if we're not experiencing that, then it's time to experience that. It's time to let that kind of love in. Like I was saying, he's not asking you to try harder to love other people. What he's asking you to deal do is deal with those patterns, those broken patterns and I know some of you, and I know that you are, dealing with these broken love patterns that we were inherited, that formed us. And if we do that, he enables us to receive his kind of love, his agape love. And as we do that, as we let that kind of love in, again and again and again and again until we're so full we're overflowing then we automatically love our families better there's no trying on that end it just it happens like the fruit that comes from a tree that is rooted in love love fruit comes out amen amen